We're going to look at verses 3 through 5 now of First Peter and spend several sessions on these verses because they are so dense with important things like uh, God's great mercy and the new birth and what it means to say that God is blessed. So, Father, as we just dip now into the first verse of this unit, explode in our hearts like Peter seemed to explode with this word, blessed be God. I pray that our hearts would say, blessed be God because of what we see here. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then what follows is surely the reason why Peter responds like this. These are realities that produce in Peter this kind of response. This is, this is worship. This is praise. When you say, blessed be God, it's, it's, I remember going fishing on the piers in Daytona Beach or Myrtle Beach or uh, St. Petersburg, Florida with my dad as a child. And I remember the um, railings around the pier that went, it seemed to me, way out in the ocean as a little child were just a railing where you could put your arms and then one board. I thought, a little child could fall through here. And I can imagine a little child falling through her and, and the mother screaming, my baby just fell in the ocean, and, and a man diving down and finding the baby and swimming the baby back to shore, and the mama running with all her might and, and taking the baby from his arms, and he'd, he'd cut himself going down, and she looks at him, and she just squeezes him with all her might and says, blessed are you, blessed are you. It's something like that, isn't it? It's blessed be God because in his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again and all the other truths that are going to be coming here later. So I think that the signal here to us is when we read the Bible, these are tip-offs that you don't just read for information. Now I have some good information in my head. I can I can have a clear idea about things. I can explain them to people, or I can argue and win a case. That's just missing the point. If we don't worship, if we don't exult over the word, then we have, have missed this blessed be God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why, why does he say the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? He doesn't just say blessed be God. And Peter, Peter's a Jew, and 27 times, I believe, if I counted right, in the Old Testament, Baruch Adonai, that, that Hebrew phrase, blessed be the Lord. So this is a very common way of expressing 
thanks and praise and worship to God. But remember back in in Jesus' lifetime, these verses or this verse from John 5.18, this was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. In other words, the, 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 God, the true God of the universe is the God to whom Jesus said, you are uniquely my father and I am uniquely equal with you. From now on, everyone who knows the true God knows him as the God and father of Jesus. And so this designation here of the God and father of Jesus Christ is to say we are Christians. We now relate to God through Jesus Christ. He is, he is the God of Jesus Christ. He's the Father of Jesus Christ in that unique way that causes other religions to say, no, 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 that's not who God is. So over against Islam and over against Orthodox Judaism and over against Buddhism and uh, Hinduism, we say the true God is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. Now, being born again is a massive reality. And uh, Peter uses the phrase one other time. We'll look at it in just a minute. But let's back up. Let's back out. One of the things you do when you're looking at the book is if you run into something so significant as born again, and you wonder, what does he mean by that? It's good to get a topical Bible like Nave's topical Bible or the treasury of Christian knowledge or a concordance and find the other places in the Bible or in the New Testament and in Peter where this is talked about. So let's just do a quick, a quick uh, survey so that we can see some things about this. Remember, it is in great mercy, God's great mercy. We didn't, we didn't earn being born again. He caused us to be born again because of mercy. We didn't earn it. We didn't merit it. We don't deserve it. We don't get it by efforts. We don't even get it by faith. Now, that's kind of controversial, but look, here's Jesus starting us off with this understanding in John 3. Jesus answered Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So this is absolutely essential if we are to go to heaven, if we are to be saved, if we are to escape condemnation in the end, we must be born again. We don't just do things to get into the kingdom of God. We experience a miracle of new birth. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit, that is, that's the way you're born again, born of the Spirit, is spirit. So if, if you're born the first time just of human flesh, that's all you are. And there, flesh like that doesn't inherit the kingdom of God. The Spirit must bring your spirit to life. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, 
but you don't know where it comes or where it goes, so is everyone who's born of the Spirit. So being born of the Spirit, that is being born again, happens not by human design, which is very predictable, but like wind blows over a person. You say, whoa, where did that come from? And that's how we're born again. God moves on us sovereignly and awakens us from spiritual death and brings life to our spirit. Or here it is back in John 1. To all who did receive Jesus, who did receive him, who believed in his name, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Now, how did that come about? Everyone who believes has the right now to become a child of God, to be a child of God. Did we initiate this? And here he explains, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This this birth here is not something the flesh produces. It's not something our own wills produce. God produces this. So God brought us to faith and qualified us to be the children of God. One more. This one's the clearest of all in regard to the relationship between faith and the new birth. Everyone who believes, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. So believing is not the cause of new birth. Believing is the evidence that it has already happened. Everyone who believes has been born of God. It's being born of God that enables faith to happen, which is why we know that when we believe, we have been born of God. So we go back here now to Peter. Blessed be God, the Father, the blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What causes him to soar with praise like that? Because mercy has caused God to come to us and cause us to be born again. And if you say, well, do we have any part in this? That do, do we participate at all in the moment when we have been given new life by the Spirit so that we are enabled to believe? And the answer here in 1 Peter, a few verses later down in 123, is very clear. You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. So God, who causes the new birth, does it through the word. And what is that word? For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever And this word is the good news, the gospel that was preached to you. So the answer to how we are born again is that we are born again through, through 
the living and abiding word of God, that is the gospel. So the gospel is preached to us. Let's go back here. The gospel is preached to us. We hear the word. We may hear it on the radio. We may hear it uh, on the internet. We may hear it at church. We may hear it reading our Bibles. And as the gospel is sounded, God, in great mercy, which we do not deserve because we're so rebellious in our deadness, he comes in and he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the gospel, and in that we are born again. Don't ever separate the new birth from the word of God. We're not, we're not born again through the water of baptism. We're born again through the word. Infants cannot be born again because infants can't receive and believe the word of God. And so connecting, as Peter does here in 1, 23 to 25, through the living and abiding word of God, we, we are born again becomes so crucial. So the connection here, I mean, the sequence here is mercy from God um, comes to us, causes us to be born again, and the result is praise, faith, blessed be God.